Hello and welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Project 119 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Mary and it's my pleasure on this Friday, November 17th, to welcome a guest to the podcast. Today we have reading for us Bob Baker. Bob is an active member of Mountain Brook Baptist. He plays so many roles in leadership in our church. And I just love seeing him on Sundays doing one of his favorite roles, greeting others. I hope that you'll enjoy getting to know him a little bit better as well after he reads for us today. Thank you, Bob, for joining us. Thank you for having me, Mary. Today I'll be reading Mark 10 from the New American Standard Bible. Setting out from there, Jesus went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan. Crowds gathered to him again, and as he was accustomed, he once more began to teach them. And some Pharisees came up to Jesus, testing him, and began questioning him whether it was lawful for a man to divorce his wife. And he answered and said to them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send his wife away. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God created them, male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no person is to separate. And in the house, the disciples again began questioning him about this. And he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she herself divorces her husband and marries another man, she is committing adultery. And they were bringing children to him so that he would touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Allow the children to come to me. Do not forbid them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms and began blessing them, laying his hands on them. And as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do so that I may inherit eternal life? But Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth. And looking at him, Jesus showed love to him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go and sell all your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. But he was deeply dismayed by these words and went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus responded again and said to them, Children, How hard it is to enter the kingdom of heaven. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were even more astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, With people it is impossible, 
but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, Behold, we have left everything and have followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left his house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sakes, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses, brothers and sisters and mothers, children and farms, along with persecutions in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and last first. And now let's move over to the Psalms. Today we're reading Psalm 80 in the New American Standard Version. Listen, shepherd of Israel, who leads Joseph like a flock, who are enthroned above cherubim, shine forth. Both Ephraim, Benjamin, Manassas, awaken your power and come to save us. God, restore us and make your face shine upon us and we will be saved. Lord God of armies, how long will you be angry with the prayer of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears, and you have made them drink tears in large measure. You make us an object of contention of our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves. God of armies, restore us, and make your face shine upon us, and we will be saved. You removed the vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground before it and took it deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shadow and the cedars of God with its branches. It was sending out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the Euphrates River. Why have you broken down its hedges so that all who pass that way pick its fruit? A boar from the forest eats it away, and whatever moves in the field eats on it. God of armies, do turn back. Look down from heaven and see, and take care of this vine, the shoot which your right hand has planted, and of the son whom you have strengthened for yourself. It is burned with fire, it is cut down, they perish from the rebuke of your face. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, upon the son of man whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will not turn back from you. Revive us, and we will call upon your name. Lord God of army, restore us. Make your face shine upon us, and we shall be saved. Bob, thank you so much for reading for the podcast. You have been a guest on the podcast before, but I wrangled you in again today. I'd like a little update on your family. Tell us a little bit about Elizabeth and about your girls. Well, uh, glad to be here. I would say from the start, I have um, Matt Hurst in my growth group, and he read, I think, two weeks ago or last week, and I was challenged by him asking others to read and felt like I need to step up, not trying to be redundant. But when I think back about the last year and a half with my wife and girls just last week, um, I celebrated, Elizabeth and I celebrated 32 years of marriage, and that was a fun time. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. And and you, it goes by fast, but uh, we've had a lot of uh, good things happen in the last year and a half. And Peyton was in the Dominican Republic full-time in May of 22. She came home 
in the summer of 23, just this past June, and it's doing kind of a hybrid ministry. A lot of people are doing this now with mission, where she's in the States for um, two months and goes back down to the Dominican Republic one month. I want to hear a little bit more about that. Go in depth about how she's kind of a hybrid missionary and also a counselor. So she proposed uh, coming back to the United States and doing this, and they accepted, but it but they expanded. She proposed it for her um, campus down there in Monte Plata, but when they thought about it, they wanted her to be over all this for all three of the psychology, uh, child psychology for all three campuses. They have one in Harbacoa and Costanza and Monte Plata. So she supervises the actual uh, on-campus psychologists, child psychologists, and she helps make sure the reporting for each child uh, is turned into Konani. Konani is uh, the health organization like our DHR in the United States. And she um, handles, that might not be the exact organization, but it's through them that, that this is done. It actually allows her to be free to do exactly what she was called to do down there. As many of the folks that have served on the mission field know that once you're on the mission field, you get to be, do everything. And uh, and you lose some of the focus of why you're there because they've got you going to get grocery stores. Are you going to the grocery store to get groceries because nobody else it has a car or can drive, and that's very much the case in the in Monte Plata. Uh, she had to uh, help get three people driver's license in the last six months before she left there, so they'd have somebody to drive. And so this is she's not doing any less of the ministry; she's just able to do it remotely. And it sounds like she was equipping the saints for the work of ministry, uh, and she's continuing to do that. And she that very much she's a leader at that campus. And this is through Kids Alive International. If you want more information on this, Bob can definitely connect you with her newsletter, things like that. Tell us a little bit about SEAL. All right. SEAL is, uh, since I was on last, SEAL got married. And uh, she got married in February of 23. And uh, she and her husband, Fisher Wells, are uh, having uh, embarked on a a, a, a good marriage and there and things are going well. They're uh, seems like about once a month they're going to somebody else's a wedding in this in this stage of life as most uh, young folks do when they get when one gets married they kind of have to to do that. Uh, she's active in a church in in uh, Dallas and that's where they live and uh, she's much like following her mom and dad's ways in that she wasn't there long until she got on a associate pastor search committee so got real involved in her church. And I think they're close to concluding uh, that search, but uh, they're very, very involved in Dallas. Speaking of being really involved, Bob, what all areas of ministry are you involved in at Mount Brook Baptist? Um, well, some of the fun stuff that we're doing is, uh, you know, I have we have a really good Sunday school class, and I enjoy uh, being with those men, and they they uh, constantly are challenging me and getting me. Um, Getting keeping me in line. And this is called the Men's Forum, correct? Yeah, it's, a, it's the Russell Wiley Forum, and we have four people that take turns teaching. Actually, we have five, but uh, uh, and, and you kind of need that with folks moving around these days, and uh, or things come up, and somebody needs help to substitute. But but that's gone real well. I'm involved in a men's growth group, and um, uh, we have a, we have a good one, real good one. A lot of a lot of young leaders in the in the uh, 
a group and they put up with me and we have a good time uh, learning and I'm learning much more from them. Right now we're studying uh, the book Mere Christianity and we're attempting daily to read My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. Both books are not quick reads. Uh, you have to stop and think about what's being said, partly for the time they were written in and partly uh, because of the depth that both of these men share. And um, so um, it's it's um, been real challenging and, and we've learned a lot. And, and so that growth group has, has been a bunch for me. I serve on the kitchen uh, breakfast group for Sharpen Up. Would just love it if somebody would come and want to take over the egg job so I could <laughs> could walk away from that one. But uh, love the people. How Every, many eggs do you cook on Sharpen Up breakfast? Well, we cook them out of the old liquid cart, uh, okay. carton, so it's hard <laughs> to know how many eggs. And, and it's fun. And, and in every ministry and and another one that I'm I'm serve with Baker under Baker's leadership and and the folks at Faith uh, Church uh, for with the Leaf Food Pantry and um, that's fun and in in one of the themes of that we go once a month on the third Saturday to do a food pantry in a, in a at Faith which is located in uh, Midfield and one of the fun parts of everything I'm involved in is the people mm-hmm. and just the people that you get to have relationships and and further uh, conversation, whether it's about their faith, they grow their trust in the Lord, where they are, or whether it's about basketball or whatever it is. Just hearing, hearing, and getting to know people better is always a, a fun thing. And so that's that's what I'm involved in. I think there might be one other, one or two others. I think I actually uh, do some stuff with the finance committee, but uh, it takes a little time. You mentioned connecting with people. That's one of the ways that I see you serving so faithfully on Sunday mornings as you greet people. Now, this isn't a job you have, but you just kind of are watching for new people. Tell me a little bit about the philosophy behind that. There's many things that come to that. Part of it was when I just got out of school, um, I was in a little church, and it was our, uh, you recognize anytime somebody came in, and you didn't want to just you know, corral them, but you sure didn't want them to leave without knowing we were glad they were there. Early on, I had a friend when I first came to Mountain Brook Baptist, I was trying to get a friend to consider coming here. And he had he had been here a year before and said when he left, no one spoke to him. Now that's 35 years ago. And my hope and goal is that nobody leaves here feeling like we're not a friendly church. We've got a lot of friendly people here. And I don't think um, that that ever happens or has happened again. But that's one of the reasons. Another thing is Sharon does it, but the volume of people that are visiting has gotten so great that we need to have people just speaking to folks. And I enjoy it. I enjoy connecting with people. What are some ways that you connect with the Lord? You know, just in prayer and doing the, the readings that we do, uh, attempting to memorize scripture used to be a lot easier than it is now. And just having that memory bank of calling on the Lord as I'm driving, as things happen in my life, and, and having actually, I really believe that uh, the Holy Spirit brings back verses and sayings and things that I've heard through the years back in my mind and just trying to stay in tune with what God's uh, trying to say to me, on even more now than probably ever before. What is a characteristic trait of the Lord that you cling to? 
you know, and one of the things as you were preparing me was the question about describing him as a shepherd. And uh, and that is kind of a vision I see for myself. I'm going to be a little bit of silly illustration. Don't know if this works, but um, eight weeks ago, nine weeks ago, we had the opportunity of, of taking on a rescue dog, and it was a little nine-year-old terrier. And it had a, had a life one way, and that wasn't going to work with Elizabeth and I. And so um, used to a little bit of free range and some things like that. And so we had to incorporate discipline into an older dog. But we have seen that, uh, that the dog knows that we love them. And because we do things that show how much we love them, that the discipline part, the part of yanking it back when it's trying to bark at another dog or, or you know, doing, going in a direction it doesn't need to go when it's on the leash and harness and or whatever the things informing this dog, it kind of reminds me so much of God being the one holding the leash to us. And as we try to get off balance, and he he just he draws us back, and 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 then when we're not on the leash and we're running around the house, we want to be near him. We want to be uh, like that because we know he cares for us. Is there a verse that comes to mind that speaks of the unfailing love of the Lord? Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And that's fun for me because uh, I have some things that uh, Ann Payton sometimes wants me to check, things about her ministry when she was abroad, and her password was Lamentations 3, uh, 22, 23. And uh, so that kind of is not only a, a great verse that draws me to my Lord, but it also reminds me of my wife, my two daughters, and how uh, we have uh, attempted to be faithful in our service. Bob, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Would you end our time together with prayer? Yeah. Father, thank you so much for all that uh, you bless us with. Thank you for uh, the staff here at Mount Brook Baptist Church and the vision they had to help us um, read and have an opportunity to um, get scripture in our life daily through specifically this podcast and this um, resource that we have. Uh, Father, I pray that uh, that the scripture wouldn't go uh, unheard and un- unused in our lives, that not necessarily just this ministry, but that our people of our church and in our community will let the, the scripture pierce them like a sword and that they would be uh, moved to follow you and to have, see you change in their lives. And, and I prayed that first for myself and that I would be ever uh, ready to, to serve you and to always learn. Uh, Father, some days we're busy and, and we just trust that uh, you continue like with this ministry to give us opportunity to stay in tune with you daily. And we ask you to bless Uh, This day, for those that have uh, taken time to listen, that uh, you will uh, make Friday be a time as they prepare for the Thanksgiving holiday, the Thanksgiving week this next week, to be focused on you with their uh, lives and not just the busyness of getting ready to eat and meet with family, but just the the true faith and, and appreciation of what you've done for us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.